to Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 34, a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask, Is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not, ghouls, ghosts, and goblins. It's seven days, seven long days until Halloween. I'm your ghost dispenser. Let's see what we've got on the slab this week. We've got a lot of video game news from big uh, asymmetrical titles that are out or now, Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre the game. We also found out a lot of upcoming big IP news dealing with Saw, The Conjuring Verse. I think that's the big hits. There's a lot of stuff though, so we should probably just get into it. So let's start off with the very busy category of video game news. Gun Media has been out and about being loud, taking advantage of the holiday season to tell us a little bit about Texas Chainsaw Massacre the game. We found out that one of the new killers for the game was co-written by Texas Chainsaw Massacre writer Kim Henkel. Johnny and Sissy will join Leatherface, the Hitchhiker, and the Cook next year in one of the 4v3 villains you'll be able to pick. So it's four survivors versus three killers, and we have two new original killers that are done by the original writer of the movie. Gun, Gun's care with Friday the 13th is really what made me think when they were announced on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre property that this game was going to be something special. And it looks great. We've got Kane Hodder coming in as Leatherface. Uh, Ed, um, Ed Neal, who played the Hitchhiker, will be back. So we've got original voice actors. We've got new characters from the original author, writer. We've got new characters from the original writer. And all of the screenshots look like the most loving recreations of the sets we know and love from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I can't wait. Uh, I am very excited to play this game. We still don't have a release date yet, but when I find out a release date, I will let you know. Next up, we have huge news coming out of Japan for two of the most beloved horror franchises from that country, both Resident Evil and I am so excited that I can say this. Silent Hill both had fan events last week. First up, let's talk about Resident Evil. Resident Evil showed off a showcase where they showed us upcoming gameplay for Resident Evil 4. Now, everybody's really mad about the dog, and I get it, but I think the dog is a bait and switch. I don't think that wolf is the dog that you can free. I think it's a wolf. Um, I think it is a fantastic way for them to rile up the fan base because being able to get the dog out of the trap and free it is one of the like more lighter, heartwarming moments of Resident Evil 4. So I feel like playing on our memory and nostalgia of that with this kind of thing in the trailer is excellent marketing. I, I could be wrong. It could They could just be like brutality, no niceness, but the, the game looks great. We also saw footage of Resident Evil Reverse, which is the multiplayer game that is also coming out alongside Resident Evil Gold Edition. Uh, right now, if you have bought that game, you can play it until Wednesday, I think. Uh, in an early access period because you own Resident Evil Village. Um, I'm going to hop in and make a video for the channel about it. It will be 
up this week, probably on launch day. I haven't really put a lot of time thinking into the Resident Evil Asymmetric Horror game just because it looked so bad and was so broken when it came out, but I'm excited to see what it's about. It's free. I bought Resident Evil Village, so I should check it out. Um, so stay tuned to the channel for more information on that game. And finally, the transmission, the direct consumer broadcast that I have been waiting for, Silent Hill. Konami officially revealed a bunch of news at the Silent Hill transmission this week. We found out that yes, Team Blooper will be remaking Silent Hill 2. And while I am not a fan of Team Blooper, I have made that pretty well known on the podcast and on social media and Twitch. I am very excited to see this remake of Silent Hill 2. It looks gorgeous. The they, they nailed it. They nailed everything I want about this game forward. So I am willing to give Team Blooper a, a, a try on Silent Hill 2. We also got news that there are going to be two new spinoff games. One of them is by No Code Games and Annapurna Interactive, and that is called Silent Hill Townfall. That trailer wasn't very descriptive. It was very, um, it gave a really good, like atmospheric look at what the game will be, but we have really no idea what it is. So excited that it exists, but I don't really know what's going on with it. And then we also found out that Ryushio 7 is going to be telling a story in the Silent Hill world that is set in 1960s Japan, and that is Silent Hill F. Um, the trailer is just disturbing. I love the idea of making these beautiful flowers also just creepy and in body evading. And the there's one scene where like someone's hand bursts out into like a hundred different holes and that ugh, ugh, that just makes my skin crawl. It's like the game, the tr teaser trailer is just beautiful and I can't wait to get my hands on LF. But what I think is probably the most interesting thing from the transmission is that Bad Robot Games, D12, DJ2 Entertainment, and Behavior Interactive, the people who bring us Dead by Daylight, are making a Silent Hill live real-time interactive series where millions of fans will be able to watch together and interact as the story unfolds. Is this a modern version of the Statue of You from Japan? Like Nintendo used to like put those games out on the inner, like out over TV broadcast and you'd be able to play them. It was like Dragon's Quest. There was a Fire Emblem that way. I feel like one of Harvest Moon was originally that way. That's correct. Um, yeah, there were just Zelda 2, Zelda, Legend of Zelda. They did that way. And then you could do Map 2 and that like, it was just this whole thing. And like when I heard that it was going to be a live interactive series that like you can change and do it, it really felt like it was like a modern version of that. And I am no J.J. Abrams fan, but I feel like Silent Hill might be his sweet spot. I don't need all of the answers to the secrets of Silent Hill. So you can just set up as many questions as you want and answer them, don't answer them. And we all know that man loves to set up questions. So Silent Hill might might be a good um, 
franchise for him to dabble in. But Behavior Interactive having a hand in it is very interesting. We already know that Behavior has a very decent relationship with Konami. Uh, Pyramid Head is in the Dead by Daylight game. I, yeah, this just is interesting to me. I can't wait to see it. It is called Silent Hill Ascension. It's going to go live in 2023. And that's really all we know about right now. But as someone who has been watching Konami tease the Silent Hill community for, I don't know, what is it? Over five years, right? Like, when did PT come out? At the beginning of the PS4 life cycle. So that's like a long time for them to have just been toying with this fandom. And it's great that they got their shit together and gave us a whole transmission full of interesting things that seem to touch on all of the different parts of Silent Hill that make Silent Hill great. Next up, we've got a bunch of games who are doing holiday events. So let's get into that. Starting with Prop Night. Prop Night is a fun little asymmetric game that um, I don't think gets enough love. It's really fun. Its uh, mechanics are harder to pick up. So that might be why it doesn't get as much love as I think it should. But it's getting a Halloween update this week. It will come out tomorrow on the 25th. A new level progression system that is also not dependent upon the holiday theme, but um, it also gives two new maps. It's also on sale, so that's cool. It will be on the Scream Fest, which starts tomorrow. Steam Scream Fest, which is basically their Halloween sale, will start tomorrow, and it'll be 50% off. So that's cool. If you haven't played Prop Night, it's probably worth it at 50% off. It's not a very expensive game to begin with. Um, you hide in the props. You turn into inanimate objects to blend into the map so that you can't um, can't be found by the killer. Uh, I have had a lot of fun as a survivor in that game, but killer, I'm like most asymmetric, it's just stressful and very hard. So I will be checking out all the new stuff they added into the Halloween themed event. Let's talk about the quarry. The quarry has a 50s DLC pack. So it doesn't add anything to the story. It is just like the 80s skin that you could put on the game at launch if you bought the premiere edition. And um, yeah, it's pretty much it. It's just a 50s themed one. It is available now until November 1st for free. So if you have the game, Make sure you log in to get it because after November 1st, that DLC will go to $4.99. And um, don't pay $4.99 for a skin of like the visuals. Like that's cool. I think it's super rad that they were able to do that and give us all of those like genres of horror to play the game in. But I'm not paying $5. So make sure you log on this week and grab it before it disappears next Tuesday. And then finally, we've got Fortnite. Um, Fortnmares is up this week. I think it went up last week, actually. And this year, it has been revealed that Ash Williams, everyone's favorite Evil Dead star, is going to be in Fortnite. Um, I have never bought a Fortnite skin. Ash Williams really makes me want to buy a Fortnite skin. 
Um, he brings a iconic Jane saw, which doubles as a pickaxe. He has a holstered shotgun as back bling. He runs around with the Necronomicon and there's an evil dead themed loading screen. Um, we don't know if he has his own emotions. I haven't had a chance to check it out. Uh, there's all kinds of other Halloween themed things, a Halloween boss. Uh, you can turn into a wolf, basically, so you can hear the heartbeat of other players as they approach you. Um, and the event runs until the end of October. So that's fun. This is a perfect segue into Evil Dead to Game, which has a bunch of stuff coming out this month. First off, Ash is in a devil costume, a all red shop smart, S smart devil costume. I think that's hilarious. We also know that the blacksmith from Army of Darkness will be added as a player character. And we are getting uh, a new single player mission to unlock him along with it. Um... The costume is a homage to an outfit in My Name is Bruce, which Bruce Campbell wore a very similar costume in. Um, it's pretty funny. I think it's silly. And this game just keeps pumping out content. I have not gotten back into it. I really need to, like, get back in and try all the stuff that's come out and try to level out characters and do it. I, It's just a fun game, and I don't... I think because it has so many like battle royale mechanics and other mechanics that you have to learn, it's a little bit harder for people to get into and stay into. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to checking out some of the new content they've put in and the new maps they've put in since uh, I played Evil Dead the game last. Let's talk about two little indie games up next. First, let's talk about Horror Tycoon. The game is what it exactly sounds like. You know, like Roller Coaster Tycoon or Railroad Tycoon. It's like that, except for in Horror Tycoon, you are running a haunted house. Um, you have to make sure that you scare your guests and you can get them to run out of the house before the end of it, or you lose money and reputation. So I haven't had a chance to look at it. It is from Playway and Game Parrick, so all the people who develop those games that we know and love, the tycoon games we know and love. Um, so it is out on Steam right now in early access. It will be launching the full game in 2023. And I probably will try to get a video up on this in the relative near future, just because a haunted house simulator where you have to make your own haunted house sounds ghoulish and, and fun. Um, I was in haunted houses as uh, my school used to do one for a fundraiser every year. So like, I was in haunted houses from like when I was in elementary school until I was in high school. And so like, there's just a little like soft spot in my heart for that. And next up is a little indie game called Zombie Cure Lab. It is a sandbox lab builder where you have to solve the problem of the zombie apocalypse. You start out with a tiny little area and then you're able to build up into a giant laboratory where you can where you can catch zombies and you can do experiments to end and find a cure to zombieism and save the world. So that'll be headed to Steam in early access on December 7th. NetherRealm Studios announced a game, but it was not the game that anybody wanted. It is Mortal Kombat Onslaught. It is a mobile game that'll be here in 2023. I don't know if I wanna play Mortal Kombat on my phone. 
Um, Ed Boon seems super excited about it. Ed Boon seems super excited about everything that Netherfield, Nether, that Nether Realm does. So that's cool. Um, it is the 30th anniversary in 2023 of Mortal Kombat. So to see them be like, yo, here's this mobile game. It's a little bit disappointing, especially when everybody's been waiting for a new Mortal Kombat proper entry. Um, we'll see what's going on with that. Maybe they have more to tell us, but Mortal Kombat Onslaught is reimagining Mortal Kombat into a strategic team-based collection RPG. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm not super optimistic, but I will give Neverrealm the benefit of the doubt. They make great games. So yeah, that'll be arriving sometime next year. And finally, let's get into the new trailer that came out for The Chant. The Chant is a survival walking kind of simulator puzzle game for Xbox PlayStation and PC. It will be heading out on November 3rd. So we're getting very close, but you follow the story of a girl who goes on a spiritual retweet. Retweet? <laughs> the story follows a girl who goes on a spiritual retreat in the Pacific Northwest. And the retreat ends up being a cult. So the, the cult ends up unlocking a cosmic horror and you are left to fight and puzzle your way out of it. Uh, they showed a lot of the spirit mechanics for the combat and it looks super fun, super cool. Um, I just think this game, nobody seems to be talking about it. I think everybody's really focused on the Callisto protocol, which is coming out a month after and like Pokemon comes out in November. But like, I think people are sleeping on this game. I can't wait to play it. It will be our Friday Night Frights for November. Friday Night Frights is the live stream I do on the channel. We're gonna play horror games. It's gonna be fun. Um, I'd hope to do it all month of October, but like, you know, things happen. So um, this week we are playing Scorn. So we'll be playing Scorn this week and uh, next week we'll play it and then we'll start the chant at the end of Scorn. Because Scorn's not very long. We should get through the bulk majority of Scorn this week. Finish Scorn up and then play the chant on Friday next week. So that's going to do it for video game news this week. Let's move into TV news. There isn't a whole lot of TV news. We really just got some stuff from Netflix. Uh, Netflix dropped a trailer for The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself, which is pretty bloody and gory. That game comes out on that game. I'm sorry. That TV show comes out on Friday. They describe it as a edgy YA drama grounded in the modern day. Expect magic, sarcasm, banter, potion and Ziploc bags, hunters, romance, loyalty, and unbreakable friendship. It is truly a fucked up ride. Um, all right. It sounds cool. Um, the trailer looks great. If you're into YA horror, this may be for you. Just blood soaked through most of the trailer. So I can't see why it would be a bad time. Next up from Netflix, we found out a little bit more about Fall of the House of Usher. Mike Flanagan's out doing press for The Midnight Club, which I still haven't watched. I need to get on that. Um, he is talking about how... 
the fall of the House of Usher might be the closest to Giallo that he ever gets. And that makes me excited. Uh, there should be more modern Giallo. We need to get into that. Uh, I think Malignant is great. And while it is not like very strict giallo it does have a lot of like giallo influence and dark glasses is out now and that is the king of giallo himself darian argento's movie and that seems to be getting a really warm welcome i think we are we've had like a little slasher renaissance i think we are ready for giallo to come in and have a american like footing like an American like coming out party. Like it has never really been that popular of a genre in the United States. I would like to see more of it. So he says that it is crazy and it's unlike anything I've ever done. Uh, my favorite way to describe it to people is it's like Hill House is a string quartet and Bly Manor is this delicate, beautiful piece of classical piano music. The fall of the House of Usher is heavy metal. It's rock and roll. It's wild. It's colorful. It's dark and blood soaked, wicked and funny and aggressively scary. All right. I'm very excited. Um, this will be the series for next October. I'm 100% positive that that is what will happen. Um, it will be our Flanagan series for October from Netflix next year. That does it this week for TV news. We're going to move into box office news. And there's just a lot of box office news. So let's start out this. We got two Mondays worth of box office news to do the week of the 14th through the 16th that weekend uh halloween ends held the top spot at the box office with 40 million dollars uh it averaged about ten thousand dollars on a screen and it was about four thousand screens that's that's great um i think that that's a good number for a movie that also came out on peacock day and date uh i know lots of people probably stayed at home and watched it uh I can't wait to talk to you about this movie. Um, I'm working on a video that should be out tomorrow that is a case for why this movie is great. I feel like a lot of people are hating on Halloween Ends in a way that is just, I don't know, um, reductive, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, I think there is a good case to be made for how great of a film this is in that, like, it really follows the core of the first three Halloween films and modernizes them in interesting and unique ways. And as soon as I thought that about this, um, I really started to like Halloween ends more than I thought while watching it. It is a movie that has very much grown on me the more I think about it. And that's the key. I still think about it a lot. So I'm always into movies that make me think about about them after they're done. Two at the box office was also a horror film. Smile came in with $12 million, $12.5 million about. Then we have to jump down to, I mean, number six, Don't Worry Darling. That's a thriller, but people want to lump it into horror. I, I, I haven't seen anything that would make me think that it is horror. That is definitely in the thriller genre, but we'll mention it. It had $2.2 million. Coming in at number seven was Barbarian. I think they brought that back out in the theater, maybe? I don't know why Barbarian popped back up so high after being down for a little bit, but it was at $1.3 million. And then in number position number eight, which is just shocking, um, is Terrifier 2 with $1 million, 
more, just a little bit over a million dollars added to the box office. And we're going to get into Terrifier 2 because last week it was at 10 and this week it is at number eight. And so we're going to get into what this past weekend, like I'm recording this on Monday the 23rd. So this past weekend, what the box office was. So horror did not top the box office Black Adam was the first, and then Ticket to Paradise was underneath it. Smile came in at as the highest grossing horror movie with eight more million dollars. Then Halloween Ends came in with eight million dollars. And then the little movie that could came in at number seven, Terrifier 2. It adds $1.8 million to the box office. Okay, so we're going to get into Terrifier 2. I've got a couple stories we can talk about with this. But this movie is just, I am shocked. I'm shocked that it is getting the love that it is. I thought the general consensus on Terrifier was that people didn't like it. And I am glad to be proven wrong because Art the Clown is genuinely one of the scarier horror icons to come out of the modern era. And I think it is because he really does rely on like early modern, early Michael Myers-esque techniques to make him scary. They were only thinking that Terrifier 2 was going to have a weekend run and then it got extended to a two weekend run. And then it got extended into that third weekend run. And now it's at like $5 million in total, $5.2 million. Um, for this movie that is like horrifyingly violent and gory. I just think like Terrifier 2 is a testament to letting horror producers and letting horror directors make the R-rated horror movies that they want. Um, it's just shocking to me that it's like got this many legs. It's up 84% over the week before. It's just like exciting. It's going to be in theaters Halloween weekend. It's coming to be in theaters this weekend, which is again, exciting. I, Screenbox was like, we're gonna have this movie out in October before Halloween. And then they had to come out and be like, oh, well, we're gonna have it after the theatrical run ends and absolutely pull that movie from the stream service. Like let that movie get as much money as it can. Terrifier 2 was made for a budget of $250,000 that the that Damon Leone kickstarted from fans of Terrifier. I mean, I hope we get for Terrifier 3, he may just go the, the crowdfunded route and like he's going to get a ton of money from this run in the theater. I hope that that means Terrifier 3 is paid for and he doesn't have to beat himself up to do this in the cheapest way possible because I feel like he is a filmmaker if we gave him just a little bit more money like a average movie amount of money he could make a definitive horror slasher classic not that Terrifier Terrifier 2 I haven't seen Terrifier 2 yet I keep wanting to get to the movie theater and keep not it keeps not happening I think that he has a, a a way to really make Terrifier 3 a a banger, a mainstream banger. 
That is what's happening in the box office and with Terrifier. Oh, uh, Terrifier, the original is on Streambox, Screenbox. You can stream it now on Screenbox if you haven't seen it. Um, I, I would watch it. Again, I also always give the caveat that the Terrifier series now, because the second one doesn't seem to let up on this, is a very mean-spirited film. It's not nice. It's not going to... It is brutal, and it is a, it's a slasher's fan slasher. So you should just know that going into it. Let's get into other movie news. Brendan Fraser has been talking about The Mummy 4. Dark Universe is defunct and over, and people would like to see The Mummy again. He's out doing some questions with Variety for his latest film. And he said, I don't know how it would work, but I would be open up to, I would be open to it if someone came up with the right conceit. It's hard to make that movie. The ingredient that we had going for our mummy, which I didn't see in the Tom Cruise film was fun. That's what was lacking in that incarnation. It was too much of a straight ahead horror movie. The mummy should be a thrill ride, but not terrifying and scary. Absolutely. That's what makes the modern mummy fun is that it has horror elements. It isn't a horror movie. It is definitely an adventure thriller with horror in it. So that would be cool. Um, I hope that happens. There's no concrete evidence that that will happen. But I would love to see Brendan Fraser back at the mummy. I'd love to see a mummy that's watchable. <laughs> I'll take that at this point because that Tom Cruise one is not a watchable movie. Next up, we have yet another Christmas horror movie. The Apology will be premiering on Shudder in December. Uh, AMC Plus have partnered with RLJE Films to bring us The Apology. Takes place 20 years after the disappearance of her daughter, recovering alcoholic Darlene Hagen, hosts her family for Christmas celebration with her best friend Gretchen. Late in Christmas Eve, Darlene Late on Christmas Eve, Darlene's estranged ex-brother-in-law, Jack, arrives unannounced, bearing nostalgic gifts and heavy secrets. Soon, Darlene finds herself caught between reason and ruthless instinct, trapped together by a dangerous storm. A battle of wits escalates into a violent game of revenge. This sounds great. I love these kind of horror movies where it's like a little bit like Krampus without the monster. It's like terrible families held up together to like have to battle each other. Like who doesn't love that? So again, I'm very excited. This Christmas is a bounty of horror Christmas movies. We've got the two Santa movies. We've got this. There's another one that I'm the Grinch movie. That's what it is. I was like, there's another horror Christmas movie that's coming out. So we've got like a whole Christmas season of horror and I couldn't be happier. The Blumhouse movie Soft and Quiet will be coming out in theaters and on in VOD on November 4th. It was a really big deal coming out of South by Southwest. I know a lot of people really liked it. It, it, it looks interesting. Uh, everyone I know who has seen it has said that it is fantastic. So I will be looking forward to seeing that one on, on November 4th. We also found out this week that the Nun 2 sequel is filming. We are hearing that Tialza Farmelia is back as Sister Irene. Bonnie Ahrens is back as the demonic nun Valak. Uh, we heard that uh, 
Aika Cooper, who wrote Malignant and um, almost every piece of sci-fi television, apparently, that I find interesting. She worked on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. She does one of the best episodes in that first season. Um, she's writing The Nun 2. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, speaking of The Conjuring, I guess we should talk about this. Conjuring 4 was announced over the weekend. Um, it's having the same filmmaking team. So I don't quite know what that means. The same filmmaking team, does that mean that James Wan is coming back to direct? Or ha is James Wan off doing other things? James Wan things. Uh, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick is going to write the new entry. Uh, we don't know which case file it will follow. I hope they go back in the past because we are like quickly running headlong into Ed's death. And like, I don't need another movie of seeing Patrick Wilson being old, sweaty Ed. Like, I just, I don't need it, but we're here. We're going to get it. Um, can we just go back to Ed when, can we go back and make it so that at least Patrick Wilson's hot? Like, I don't need sweaty Patrick Wilson for a whole nother film. Cause he was like completely useless in the third one. I hope they do a like, like have her be like old, like even have Ed dead at the beginning of it. I don't care. Like make Ed dead and have it be Lorraine thinking back as a memory, like encase it in that. So you could just go back and do some of the cases that you've missed. Yeah. Cause you guys really like, they really ended uh, the devil made me do it with that like gazebo scene, which was really like a nice sweet bow on the conjuring films. So just go back in the past. Don't try to go past that. Cause like he's very quickly going to be, he's like not, he's not long for the world. So do you when that's coming out, but I would have to guess probably 2025. I don't think they turn it around. Maybe they turn it around and it's out in 2024. I mean, that would make sense if they want to have a Conjuring movie out every year. They haven't had a Conjuring movie out in two years. Will have been two years by the time The Nun comes out. They took 2022 off. Next up, we're going to talk about another film franchise that is getting a new entry, and that is Hell House LLC. I had always thought that was a one-off movie. I didn't realize there's like four of them. So this has spurned me into wanting to watch those. I love found footage movies, so I don't know why I have been sleeping on this series. But uh, in 2023, coming to Shudder, we will be getting Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor. Uh, the trailer's kind of scary, and that was really what got me into uh Wanting to see this. This is the fourth movie. I'm sorry. There's only four. Um, I didn't even know there was two other Hell House LLCs. So I'm going to catch up on those. And it is going to be a Halloween release for Shudder next year. And that's exciting. It looks super scary. Shudder's Halloween uh, 2023 is really shaping up to be good. We know we're getting VHS 85 and we're getting... Now this, Hell House LLC. Uh, Shutter is just the little streaming platform that could. Like, Screenbox is also very good, but Shutter is just getting the films. They are spending that money and making it worth the five bucks a month you pay for Shutter. If you don't have Shutter and you love horror movies, you've got to have it. Not sponsored, but absolutely would be if they would, because I just love their service. 
Next up, we're going to talk about Sisu, which is yet another Christmas movie. It is a delightfully twisted take on Santa Claus, according to Bloody Disgusting. Uh, the film will receive a theatrical release sometime in the future, but the film was under a little bit of a bidding war, and it looks like Lionsgate has come out on top. People who've seen it at TIFF and at uh, Stige have loved it. It won a bunch of stuff at the Stige Film Festival. And I'm excited to see it. It's supposed to be very bloody and very gory. So give me the gory Halloween Christmas or give me the gory Santa Claus movie. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Next up, uh, Brendan Cronenberg's film starring Mia Goth will be headed to theaters shortly. It was just rated with a hard R for graphic violence, disturbing material, strong sexual content, graphic nudity, drug use, and some language. Uh, it stars Alexander Sarsgaard and Mia Goth, and it had just been re-edited to get a hard R rating, rated at NC-17. So that sucks. I hope Neon puts out the NC-17 version on DVD. Uh, please just give me what Brendan Cronenberg wants to show us. Like, I don't need the Sansardized version of it. Let's do a little bit of home video news. Black Christmas, one of my favorite slasher movies, is getting a 4K release from Scream Factory this year. It's got all new cool stuff for the special edition um, that includes a poster and a pin. And there's also kind of bonus features as Scream Factory is known to do. Next up is Nope. Nope will be coming to Peacock next month. It is headed to the streaming service on November 18th. If you haven't seen Nope, um, it's out on Blu-ray tomorrow and 4K tomorrow. But um, if you can wait, then you can just wait and watch it for for included with your subscription on Peacock next month. I love that movie. I think it's great. Um, I think it subverts a lot of expectation of what you think a Jordan Peele film is. Um, I'm really impressed that Jordan Peele seems to make competent movies at whatever size budget you give him, which is not necessarily true for all uh, filmmakers. Our final home movie release, Silent Night, Deadly Night, The Collection, is headed to Blu-ray. Silent Night, Deadly Night, The Collection is all of the sequels to uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And it will have some audio commentaries and some behind-the-scenes footage for each film. And the ones that are included are Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out, si Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation, Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, The Toy Maker. Oh, I think the fifth one might be the best one, um, other than the first one, which is just wild. Um, but Bill Mosley is in the third one, and so that's always a fun time. That we're getting these films out on Blu-ray again. I love Christmas horror movies, so what are you gonna do? Uh, I don't know why, but yeah. So the Killer Santa Claus movies will now all be out on Blu-ray. In a little bit of moving around the schedule news, but in the good way, uh, Megan is being moved up a week to January 6th. So that dancing doll that we talked about last week will be in uh, your, in, be able to watch it a week earlier on January 6th. Uh, screenplay again by Aisha Cooper. She's just all over horror news this week. And I can't wait. That movie looks creepy and like amazing. So... 
I, I, if it's as half as bonkers as malignant, I'm going to be happy. That's all I can ask for is it be half as bonkers as malignant. And then uh, let's get a little extra news. This isn't movie news, but I don't have any kind of where else to stick it in here. But I think it's one of the funnier things that the horror community has put out in the previous years. Uh, Paranormal Reserve is a vodka that is aged in different paranormal places. And this year it was aged in the museum where the real Annabelle lives. So this year is Paranormal Reserved Annabelle Edition. The limited collection of 666 bottles rested for 30 days at the Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. Uh, you can buy it now for $199 a bottle. I think it's a ridiculous price for it, but I think it's it makes me smile every year when we find out where this where they're just like putting cases of vodka to sit around and age for 30 days, I guess. So there you go. So for our last little bit of news this week, we will see Tobin Bell return to next year's Saw installment. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I guess we're going to like see him in some other way. Apparently Jigsaw is a more prominent in figure in Saw 10. Holy crap, we're at Saw 10. And um, I don't know, that man's been dead since Saw 3. So it'll be wild in some ludicrous Saw way that they bring him back. But I am excited that he will be back because I liked Spiral from the Book of Saw. There was one really fatal flaw with that movie for me. Just because I'm a huge Saw fan. And um, I hope that, I hope that we get a sequel for that too. I hope that they uh, make that movie better in a sequel learn from that mistake that was made and like make a better one because I think it could have been a really good movie and it had a lot to say that was good so I'm excited for Saw 10 uh that's coming out October 27th next year so like we're like rounding out like a year until a new mainline Saw movie and I kind of never thought we'd get another mainline Saw movie so yeah so Jigsaw he's coming into our screens next year so that's going to do it this week. Um, it was a pretty big episode. Lots to talk about. Lots going on. It really feels like horror is a year-round, never-ending genre, and I could not be more excited about it. Um, yeah, so I will see you all next week for our Halloween episode. Uh, the podcast will come out on Halloween, so check out the intro that happens that day, I guess. Um, yeah. So I'm Spencer. You can find me all over the internet as Miss Nintendeek64. You can find the podcast all over the internet as a Halloween club. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing Friday Night Frights this week on the YouTube channel, and we will be playing Scorn. So I hope to see you there. I'm also playing horror games on my Twitch channel, where I normally play like more cute and farming games, but this week we're going to be playing some horror games. I hope you can check out one of those streams. There's also a bunch of videos coming out on TikTok about the my ranking of 101 scariest movie moments on Shudder. There's also that Halloween Kills video ends. There's also that Halloween Ends video coming out. There's also a ranking of the entire Halloween series video coming out. And yeah. There's just a lot of stuff trying to close out this week, last week of October strong. So that's going to do it. You know what time it is. Sleep or don't. <laughs>